everyone, and welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Christy and Charlie here from CS2. Today, we're joined by very special Allison Rouse, our VP of Solutions Architecture and Analytics at CS2. Uh, we're really excited. Our The last episode we had Allison on has been one of our top episodes where we tackled attribution. And today, I think, is sure to be like our second best, uh, just because we know analytics is big for all you listeners. Um, and we're going to be talking about building an analytics framework. This is tailing off of our OpStars workshop. And so for those of you who missed it, we're going to do a deep dive into that. So welcome back to the podcast, Allison. Hi, happy to be here. All right. So let's not waste any time. Let's just dive into it. Why don't you set the stage for why, why an analytics framework and what it is and why we should care. Sure. Yeah, so one of the things I talked about in the workshop was, you know, I'm a total personal story about how I'm an introvert. And because I'm an introvert, I love self-checkout at the grocery store. And I think um, an analytics framework is a lot like a self-checkout because if you think about a self-checkout, it's turning your customers into novice cashiers, whereas um, in my mind, an analytics framework is turning your kind of your internal customers, the different departments within your company into novice analysts. Um, and if you think also about self-checkout, you know, it doesn't necessarily get rid of the need for a, a professional cashier, um, just like an analytics framework isn't going to get rid of you know, your job as a marketing ops person, but it really does help you as a professional focus on the things that matter the most. So maybe helping those people like with the self-checkout, you're helping the customers that don't want to deal with self-checkout or, you know, don't feel intimidated by it, just like you might um, with an analytics framework, help those customers who, you know, maybe are a little less data savvy. Um, and um, you can also focus more on actually providing analysis in the reports that you're providing, um, just like maybe a cashier would spend more time helping their customers find or recommend the products that they're looking for in the store. So stemming from that, um, what is an analytics framework? I think about it in three components. One, it's a canonical set of dashboards that's gonna hopefully answer 80% of the questions that you get from folks today around your data. Um, the second thing is it's a data dictionary. So it's gonna outline what are the key fields that are being used in the dashboards? How are those defined? How, is, how are they populated? And then the third thing, it's um, like data fluency, course material or documentation around how to use the dashboards um, because a dashboard is really just the starting point for your analysis. So having some additional commentary about how to, you know, how to drill in and find those insights um, is really going to help your audience self-serve the insights a bit more. Um, so that, that's essentially what an analytics framework is. Yeah, I like the self-checkout too. If you think about it, like one of the nice things in the grocery store too is if like you're just buying like three things or five things or something like that person doesn't have to wait 
behind you. And I'm usually that person who's buying for a whole week and it takes a long time. And I always see that person behind me like, oh, it would be better if they could just get in and get out. Or when I'm in a hurry, I want to get in and get out. And so self-check is is good for that. And if you are that checker who's really working on something that takes a long time, needs a lot of your attention, it's hard when you have some of those little things, like quick things that could be easily done by that person. So I, I love that analogy for it. Yeah. And then those that aren't are no longer working on the checkouts because their job's been freed up. Like Alison said, they're helping customers find things, yeah. helping them like uh, maybe up level, sell more, sell better products, you know? So like that's like a more strategic role than just kind of like helping them, you know, check out. So, so yeah, moving on. Why, so why in the analytics in like kind of marketing, why should a marketing operations person like focus on this? And, you know, why is an analytics framework you know, useful for a marketing ops person or a B2B marketer, like kind of whoever's owning, you know, reporting and data? Yeah, um, there's a couple of reasons why you want to build an analytics framework. One is you probably today are pretty inundated with ad hoc reporting requests. Um, particularly around like the end of the quarter or the start of a quarter, I'm sure you're getting a lot of requests. Um, and so you spend a lot of time, you know, spinning up a new dashboard, creating some reports that maybe are used for the next week or two. And then, you know, next quarter, you kind of go through the same thing. Whereas if you had a set of dashboards, you, you could likely reuse those again and again and you know, instead of building, you're pointing people to the dashboard to help answer their questions. Maybe you're answering questions about how to use the dashboard and less building the report. So you're becoming um, a little bit more strategic there. Um, the other reason to build an analytics framework is um, sometimes you'll, you'll get the opposite where you're not getting a reporting request, but instead someone doesn't wanna bother you so they're going to build their own report and they don't know what field to, to use or um, what the data necessarily means or how the underlying data is being populated. And so they may create a report um, using a field that isn't pop being populated anymore. They'll draw the wrong conclusions. And so if you build a framework along with a data dictionary, um, you're going to help provide more accurate insights to your audience. And then um, the final kind of area that I've already hinted on is really you're moving from being tactical to strategic. So once you build the framework, you can spend more time on that analysis. And if your reporting platform allows, I even suggest adding, um, adding the analysis in the dashboard um, you know, ahead of a meeting where you might be going over the dashboard um, and then also spending your time training others how to do that analysis and providing, yeah, just providing the, the extra level of detail about um, the trends that you're seeing and facilitating epiphanies in the data for others. <laughs> I think, you know, some people listening to this may hear and go, I, you know, I've created a, a dashboard, you know, like my job's done. Like <laughs> I've done it. Like I've got an analytics framework and, you know, I'm sure that, that, you know, might feel right, but there's probably parts that they're, they're missing. Where do you think most people are 
are in this journey kind of like where where would you say most people are in terms of like getting from you know having nothing to this full-blown analytics framework and where do you see kind of like the biggest gaps um yeah so i think i think people are obviously creating dashboards that are used in meeting today meetings and making decisions from data today but i think it's a little less formalized than what a framework provides so one of the things that we suggest when building a framework is to do what's called an analytics assessment. So that's where you are um, going to your leadership team, um, going to each budget holder within your marketing department and asking them how they are using the data today, if they are using it, um, asking questions like, you know, what, what decisions are you trying to make today that you, you feel less confident in because you don't have the data that you need or, um, and really getting into the weeds with them on what matters to them the most in terms of making decisions. Um, and so I, I, I don't think people are going to that level of effort where they're really kind of sitting in their customer's shoes and going through all the questions. And then you're likely going to need more than a dashboard. So you'll have like a leadership dashboard for sure, but the audience matters. So, um, you know, your marketing practitioners are making very tactical decisions day to day about what campaigns they're going to execute on um, versus not. And so they're going to need a different view of the data than your CMO. Um, and your SDR manager is going to look at very different data. So making sure that each dashboard is catered to the audience Excellent. is another area. Yeah, one of the things I, I hear you say a lot is, you know, obviously this is to stop that ad hoc kind of nature of everything. So like, you know, I'm sure people have got like the dashboard they created, but like how, like kind of be honest with us, still how many ad hoc yeah. requests uh, are coming in? And and when we did the survey at Opstars, we asked people, you know, how much of their reporting is centralized as, as opposed to ad hoc. I think only it was like 14% of people had like what they would consider 75% of like those questions covered. And you know, you're trying, you're basically saying once you want this framework to cover you know, 80% or more of that. So, you know, mm -hmm. very few people have kind of made it to that level. I think mean, one of the key points that I, I, I think that, you know, not to put words in your mouth, but is really being, it's more being proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. And I think even if you've got the yeah. dashboard, it probably was still reactive. It was like, oh, we need this dashboard for this thing, create it, and then, and then you created it. But what you're saying, you're saying flip that on its head and do the assessment first and be proactive to then answer all the questions and get ahead of it, right? Would that right. be right? Yeah, yeah, I think one thing that we haven't talked about yet, but even I think once you do this is kind of also an opportunity to establish like when people are doing this reporting, how often, and if you're the one who's doing that and pulling the analysis and then giving that back to those teams, you're almost training them of like, oh, this is how I can use this framework and just further facilitating that to a point where over time, maybe they're doing the analysis themselves and coming to those meetings. But I think even down to being prescriptive of like, 
how often are we going to be reviewing this reporting? What is, how do we actually like look at those insights? How do we like articulate them um, is even a step ahead. Um, and I have found that that's been super useful, especially for elevating like my role, because then I, I'm looked at as that person that's really establishing this super important um, thing that people sometimes like forget to do. Or, and then also, you know, when reporting's coming, right? Instead of it being ad hoc, you know, okay, I'm going to put in a buffer for the end of the quarter to prep, make sure the teams have what they need, get those insights. And then that, that time's on the calendar. So if you're trying to be proactive, then kind of, and the first step is the analytics framework. Take us through, oh, sorry, the first step is the analytics assessment. Take us through how you would break down the assessment, kind of the process that you would go through, what kind of information you're trying to gather. Yeah, so um, we actually have a, a template that we uh, use with clients and it's kind of broken out into a few sections. So you'll have a section where you're gonna ask you know, your leadership team, your CMO, some questions. So a lot of those questions are about goals, what kind of segments within the company matter the most? You know, Is it a particular industry, a particular company size? Like who are your best customers essentially so that you know um, that you're gonna have to add that to your data dictionary if it's an industry field or something like that. Um, and, um, just how they do their planning, how the budget is managed within marketing. Those kinds of questions will really inform, you know, what, what filters, what, how many dashboards you need, what tools that you may need to implement to get the data they need. Um, and then kind of one level deeper, you're probably going to be interviewing your, within marketing, each budget holder. So one of the questions you'll ask the leadership team is how, you know, how is the budget maintained and who within the marketing department is responsible for their own portion of the budget? Because you're likely going to need a dashboard for each of those budget holding departments. And so then there's questions that you'll ask them, um, like if there's any key culminating events that they have uh, within a year, or is there a seasonality to any of the campaigns they run? You know, how do they make decisions about, you know, if it's an events team, like which trade shows are we going to attend this year? How do they make those decisions? Um, or if it's paid digital, like which channels do we focus on and why? Um, so those kinds of things. And then uh, the assessment also has uh, questions for like, if you have a sales development team, How's your, how's your team compensated? Um, you know, what tools does your sales development team use? Um, all of these kinds of questions are gonna help you determine like what you need to add to the data dictionary, how many different dashboards you need to create and um, what kinds of visualizations are really gonna give your audience the insights it needs. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, any, any tips on kind of like how to how to do that practically? Like, is there a better time of year to do it? Is a better time of quarter? Like, ways to get on the calendar with the CMO? Are the ways to like pitch pitch it if the business is like, yeah, no, just focus on this other thing. Like, any just like kind of like how to guide like tips and tricks that you would have on how to get it going. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think, I mean, some of it can come naturally if you already have meetings with these people. Um, mo most often they're, they are very willing to meet with you because they know that they need to, they need an understanding of the data in order to do their jobs better. So um, just getting that time on the calendar with them, you know, a lot of the questions probably would only take them, you know, a 30 minute, you know, quick meeting to, to go through the questions. Um, for some, some folks like to think about it more, so you could even just send them a survey or uh, something like that on a regular cadence. Um, it's always good to do these things annually, uh, kind of around, hopefully before kind of your, your planning year starts, um, especially if you have like revenue goals and things like that. Um, I guess those are my tips, but. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And I think a lot of the times, like, like with a lot of things you say, like, I feel like an executive, if you're, if you're saying, Hey, I want to put in this more repeatable process, something that's going to be give not only you the insights that you need at the time that you need it, but also like your team. So they can answer your questions effectively without me being a bottleneck. Like, how do you say no to that? Mm -hmm. You know, like, so yeah. I think you're going to get that executive level buy-in. Um, and it's just like enlisting like their um, support, you know, in you to do that um, is just like that first step. But I, I think it's, it's going to be welcomed with open arms if it's not even being told to you to do it now. Yeah. And I like what you said yeah. about making it natural. If, yeah. if, you're, if you're not speaking, I mean, if you're not speaking to a lot of the, you know, your leadership and the other teams, and that's a, that's, you know, a problem for my team, you should be doing that, you know, for, for multiple reasons. And you could al almost kind of maybe do this behind the scenes, you know, ask some questions on the calls and just get some of the responses. You know, I think it's probably better to do it, be upfront about it, but yeah. you know, you, you could answer some of the questions probably in the analytics assessment yourself too at the beginning and then drill down into some other aspects of it. So, you know, I just know a lot of marketing ops people are very strapped for time. So just find a way to blend it into everything that you're doing and just keep trying to nudge it forward. Yeah. One thing I should say too, like that will be a benefit to your, you know, the stakeholders that you're building this framework for is that give, giving them the skills to, to do some of this analysis or start being a bit more data-driven is something that they can add to their resume. Like it's, yeah. it's super helpful. I and mean, everybody wants some some number to add to their resume about how they improved something yep. from, you know, A to Z. Um, and if they're able to actually show that with the data, then, then yeah, it, it helps them with their career as well. Totally. How, how would you educate them? Are there any resources that come to mind or that you could potentially, that a marketing ops person could share with them or even the marketing ops person can learn from too? Any I know you you read a lot um, and you're constantly kind of you know, improving your skills in this area. Is there anything that you can share there? Yeah, um, trying to think. Um, I mean, well, I mean, one thing that you can do too is um, with when you're building the framework and you're building like that data fluency material alongside your dashboard, 
you know, kind of record yourself taking a dash, taking one of your dashboards, finding something interesting in the underlying data, because a lot of times the, the summary statistic that you're seeing in the dashboard is hiding something interesting beneath it. So take them through that journey by going that one level deep, doing some drill downs in some of the dashboards and show them how to explore the data a bit more. So that's one way. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. One thing too, while you think about it, but I, and I think you probably do this naturally as well, but I think for marketing out people, it, it is that like next level step is with some of that assessment, also teaching them like there's the data fluency, but also the connection between like certain things you're seeing and like the reasons for it. And, and that's actually understanding marketing too. So like from a field marketers perspective, you know, let giving them the, the foresight to know, okay, you're not going to see a lot of like net new pipeline created, but maybe you need to look at like pipeline acceleration, or you should look at things at, at a regional perspective. So like the action items would be like, dig into this one region whose pipeline looking forward out is reduced. Like how can your team then do an action plan to really like accelerate pipeline in that region, you know? So like kind of yeah. teaching them like, okay, based on the data, what are even the actions we need to take? Cause like you said, there's the insights, but it's like, okay, but what do I do now? That, yep, that's true. I, you, you made me think of another thing, which is a lot of times when people are getting started with data, they'll look at a chart and they'll, you know, make a decision or draw a conclusion from one piece of data. And so it's also kind of training your audience to look at multiple sides of the data and that's something we kind of went over i think in the attribution podcast which is like a lot of times when you're looking at attribution data you're looking at okay well how how much you know how many how much pipeline or bookings did this campaign bring in and then you're making decisions based on that when you know depending on your model you might have a, a campaign that touches every single opportunity and therefore it looks like the best campaign when in reality it's just you know like the white paper on your website that everybody downloads um, and you could instead be looking at things like um, influence conversion so if this campaign influenced 100 closed opportunities but only 25% of those were closed one as opposed to this other campaign that maybe influenced less opportunities, but the higher percentage were closed one. So looking at data like that um, at, from multiple angles, because different campaigns are gonna be better at different things. Like it, one campaign could be good at acceleration. Another campaign could be good at generating the right kind of you know, net new names to your database, but not necessarily moving them along. So. Yeah. And then tying that back to what you're saying about uh, what I loved is taking them through that process, okay, going through and videoing yourself and talking through the data, what you're seeing, insights that you can draw out of it. I think that would be a really powerful way to help people eventually help themselves with data and not kind of draw the wrong conclusions or or use the data in the wrong way, right? Because that's a huge part. The enablement part is a huge part, right? And that's what we always talk about. You can't just, you know, 
well, a lot of what people are stuck in today is, you know, oh, we need a dashboard, create a dashboard, throw it over, done. We need a dashboard, let's create a dashboard, throw it over, done. But what you're saying is first, we need to do the assessment, find out what they need. Then we're going to build the framework. We're going to get into some more of the details on how to build the framework, to build the dashboards, but then making sure you train and enable people on those dashboards so they can actually use it. Mm-hmm. So kind of going kind of back a, a step a little bit to the actual building of the framework. So take us through how once you've done the assessment what are some of the steps you take to build yeah so once you've done the assessment i mean the first thing is you know you probably got a list of terms for your data dictionary and um if you don't already know where that data gets sourced kind of figure that out um and document it create the data dictionary um because that's gonna be those terms like whether it's industry or company size or customer versus prospect, those are all things you'll be adding to your dashboards, your filters, those kinds of things. So um, I'd say that's a really good first step. And then the next step is um, a lot of the questions in the assessment will help you prioritize what dashboards to create first, um, because you're not going to do this in a week. So, um, you know, you're probably going to start with um, your leadership dashboard. So measuring how um, how you're uh, how you're making your way towards your goals, um, goal attainment type dashboards. Whether you've got you know enough in pipeline for the, the subsequent quarter, um, those kinds of uh, leading and lagging indicator dashboards for your your leadership audience. Then you're probably going to prioritize you know, where is most of your marketing budget going towards? So is it, if it's events, maybe you'll create an events dashboard. If it's paid digital, maybe you'll create a paid digital dashboard. Um, One of the things I also always suggest is um, building the dashboards to be very dynamic. So one of the, one of the most um, ad types of ad hoc questions I would get is, like how well did this campaign do compared to last year? Or, um, you know, how many net new leads did we get from this campaign? Or how many opportunities were created as a result of this? Um, One of the best dashboards I've ever created is just like a campaign performance dashboard where you have all sorts of filters at the top, including one where somebody could just plug in the name of the campaign. Um, but also things like job level, job role, net new versus existing. Um, And somebody could just go to that dashboard, plug in whatever campaign, and it would show all sorts of statistics about that campaign, like how many net new leads it generated, how many were from target accounts, how many were, you know, C-level versus director level, uh, how many opportunities have been generated, all those that kind of data because then you don't have to create a separate report for every single campaign that you get so um starting with those very dynamic dashboards that are going to be useful to a larger audience uh, is also very a good place to start yeah or even if you're strapped for time i feel like starting with that dynamic campaign dashboard especially if you can filter off like type almost gives you that freedom of not having to create the individual dashboards. Maybe you wait and then you're like, okay, well, I built it up for your specific channels. And 
but at least starting with that, make sure that everyone can probably answer their questions instead of just one team, um, which can be useful when you're really strapped for time. So everyone feels supported and then, and then take your individual teams uh, and answer them uh, so that everyone's happy and everything's harmonious. Yeah. So you mentioned this isn't going to be done in a week. What kind of time frame should we be shooting for? Or is it there's that that's a bad question? Is it kind of you're going to be working on this forever, maybe? And constantly iterating? Yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to be constantly iterating as, you know, goals change. And, um, you know, it, I, I would say it's, it's like anything in MOPS that's never done and that you're always adding to it. And I guess um, one of the other things that we talked about in the OpStars workshop was our product MOPS method, which is moving from, um, you know, kind of this project focus to a product focused. And it's really a product that you're gonna continue to add features to. So you're gonna add new dashboards, you're gonna add, potentially you're gonna be buying other tools that are gonna give you more data about your audience um, that you're gonna need to incorporate in the dashboard. So it's just constantly enhancing that. But, you know, you can, create a dashboard within a week. Um, and so just kind of chipping away at it and starting like like Chrissy said with the, the most dynamic dashboard that's gonna be able to the widest audience is a good place to start. Obviously a leadership team is a good place to start. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the third one, like I know we talked about before this, but, but you mentioned as a third one is the SDR or like sales development um, dashboard where you talk, you know, you show attainment and so forth. And I, I do like that approach because I think yeah. when I worked in house and I managed demand gen, it was always like, we looked at things from a top level, especially with pipeline. And then we dig further and be like, okay, let's look into maybe the campaign performance or field events, like for that region that's suffering or, you know, top of funnel, if we feel like we're not hitting that. And then that always, we looked at, okay, there's not a lot of like, you know, fire signs there. So like, let, let, let's look at SDR performance. Like maybe just SDR performance there is lacking. And, and then we'd find something there. So actually just having those set, will it leads you down like the path that you would normally go anyway to do your analysis. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the third dashboard that I would say is probably on the, you know, your top three dashboards is a leadership, your campaign performance, and then yeah, SDR performance, just kind of seeing what, where bottlenecks are. Is there a particular rep that's getting everything and then other reps aren't, um, you know, who's, who's hitting their goals out of the park versus who's not um, so that you can optimize that motion as well. Totally. So then thinking of the product, I know you've got a very clear kind of breakdown of what the analytics framework product would look like with the you know, the spreadsheet with the columns and like all of the different bits of information that will go into that, that would then link out to all of the dashboards. Can you take us through what, what should, um, what it should look like and what it should have in it? Yeah. So, um, it can be like a Google sheet or you could put it in your own, uh, your company if they have like an internet or a knowledge base, but basically it's like a spreadsheet that is going to have, you know, a column with a link to the dashboard, 
uh, a link to any supporting documentation about that dashboard, you know, that might contain the videos where you're going through it. Um, it's going to have a description of like, what is the purpose of this dashboard? If I go to this dashboard, what am I, what kinds of insights am I supposed to gather from it? Um, a list of what reports are included, a de detail about who the audience for the dashboard is. Is it a leadership dashboard? Is it an SDR dashboard? Who's the audience? Um, and then um, how often the dashboard is reviewed and maybe even any like this dashboard is reviewed in this quarterly meeting. Um, any details about that? Um, uh, and then separately, you'll have whether it's in the documentation itself or maybe a separate tab, but um, your data dictionary where you're defining, okay, yes, this dashboard has a filter for job level. How is job level determined and what are the different levels? Um, those kinds of things. Cool. Well, I know we, we've got to wrap up in a minute, but I want to touch on one more important point. And I think it's very much related to the product MOPS method as well, where we like to be able to measure MOPS's outcomes or the performance of marketing operations in a way that's like tied to the to the business objectives. And I think we've had some great ideas on like how you could measure, you know, not like the measures that you're providing to the business, you know, but how do you measure marketing ops's framework that you've created and the performance of that and how that has helped you know the business so then you as a marketing operations person can show that what you, you what your work is your work is actually having desirable outcomes i'd love to you know hear a few ways that you would think about measuring that yeah so one way would be so just similar to the analytics assessment kind of pull your audience regularly about how they're using the data and see if that's changing and improving over time. Um, another thing you can do depending on your reporting platform is create some reports on reports, like how often <laughs> are people looking at your reports and dashboards. Um, depending on where you're holding your all your documentation, you can do the same kind of reporting there. How often are people looking at the documentation? How many video views did I get? Um, so all sorts of data about your reporting that you can take a look at and see if that's improving over time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think really kind of a, this, to sum everything up, is thinking about analytics as kind of a, a transformation right you're you're shifting the whole business to be more data driven you're shifting the working practices of the of the people you're giving them the tools they need you're training them enabling them and then you're tracking to see if that's working based on like the survey that you might send out like are you using the data are you getting benefits out of the data you're tracking adoption like are they using all of this stuff you could also be tracking like outcomes like you know it might be a harder one to measure but did, did we see, you know, better return on investment since we released this framework because people were making better decisions? Like trying to tie marketing operations to each of those like very key business outcomes is only going to help everything for a marketing operations person, isn't it? Definitely. Well, I think that, I mean, any closing statements by any of you two? I don't know, before we, before we end it. Yeah, is there anything we missed, Alison, or any kind of other advice or encouragement you'll give to people embarking on an analytics framework? Um, I mean, I guess I just kind of reiterating that you really want to sit in your customer's shoes to understand like, 
how how can they use the data to make better decisions? Because um, oftentimes we forget about that when you know we create a really cool chart, but does it actually tell them anything interesting? Yeah. So really, just kind of sitting in their shoes and um, both from you know what data is going to help them, but even just like where they're at with their own data fluency. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. I, it's a great project too for Mott's people who want to just flex like working cross-functionally because like you've set up regular meetings and you really start to empathize and understand the whole business. It's so great for your career, like doing that. So, so yeah, I totally, totally agree. Great. Well, I feel like another great episode with you, Allison, share your, your insights, um, with our audience and, um, yeah, so hopefully all of you, uh, got some great tips on how to build your own analytics framework. If you do have any questions, uh, feel free, find Allison on LinkedIn, Allison Rouse. And uh, if you do have a question too, you can come to our website and post a, a question through our or any results. Or any results. Worked, yeah. Do you know, want to hear that too? Yeah. We'd love to hear that. And if you enjoy this episode and want to share it with any of your colleagues or friends, please do. You can find it on all of your favorite podcast players. Um, and we'll see you on the next time on forward thinking. All right. Have a good one. Yeah. <laughs>